0: Hey guys, this is Knives Monroe. Welcome to the Outer Heaven Podcast. I'm your host, Knives Monroe. So, we have a interesting show for you lined up today with Eric Echo. Now, um, Eric is a photographer, he's a filmmaker, and he's a musician. He's a jack-of-all-trades. So he's also very young and, you know, he's explored his mind and he's one of those kind of guys and I really think you're going to enjoy his company. Super chill. You know, I think he took a few chill pills before we actually did the podcast because he was super relaxed and uh, so stay tuned for that and it's going to be really awesome. Now, I do want to just get to some business really quick before I get into the meat of this podcast. Um, The meat and potatoes. And corn and green beans and uh, white gravy of the podcast, and with some lemonade, some pink lemonade of the podcast, right? And I don't know where that's where that went, but um, this episode, of course, is brought to you by Flashback, Record, Relive, Remember. Flashback is a pillar of my company, Outer Heaven. Um, there's four things that we do. Um, it's Outer Heaven, the film studio. Right, we want to produce your film content for those filmmakers out there. Flashback is for the Gen Pop, you know. We, we want to film your your wedding, your kinsa, your bar mitzvah. Um, we want to pay to take you to the zoo with your family, and you guys hang out. We want to pay uh, to take you guys to the beach and record that moment. We want to record your date, uh, your picnic with your kids. We want to record a, a military homecoming. You know, if daddy's coming home, we want to we want to film that, record that, make that immortal. Why? Because you're gonna die one day, you're going to fucking die. You're going to fucking die. And you're going to say, I wish I could have, or I should have, or maybe I should have took that picture with my old man like I wanted to, or maybe I should have spent more time with my kids. Right? So we want to offer that, that service for you guys because life is precious and not every moment's guaranteed. That's what flashback is all about. Okay, it's actually immortalizing a feeling, a moment, a series of events, a sequence with the medium of cinema. Cinema is a dream language, and we want to capture that moment forever. Our third pillar for Outer Heaven is a zine, right? a zine, a newsletter, if you will, a digital magazine, uh, which we want to email to our email list to keep you guys updated on what the hell is going on with us. And our fourth pillar is Outer Heaven, the Knives Monroe podcast. So, this episode and all episodes are brought to you by Flashback and, of course, all of our Outer Heavens um, pillars. So, thank you for listening. <sighs> Guys, I got a big rant in me. I got a big, you know, stream of consciousness that I want to get out there while the getting's good. But I'm going to save that for Monday. I'm going to save that for Monday's podcast. It's a big one. It's going to be one of the biggest, most important podcasts that I've ever done for a multitude of reasons. And this right here is just a pre-frame, a precursor, the preamble to that podcast. Okay, so stay tuned for Monday. I got something really special and important lined up for you, something that I have been working on for quite some time, something that, you know, has been in the making for years, something that I've been really wanting to get off my chest and I've just been waiting for the right time to do that and the time is now the time is monday and i want to get into that what does it have to do with it has to do with the RGV, the rio grande valley my home or maybe my former home right so guys that is monday but today is not monday today is thursday and today we're interviewing eric echo from the Rio Grande Valley now you may find him anytime down 17th street he's probably playing with his band you might find him anytime down the streets in downtown McAllen where he's filming with his crew you might find him in McAllen or Wesco or anywhere where there's a skateboard park and he might be skateboarding himself and he might be photographing the event this guy's a jack of all trades and he was a very chill dude so without further ado this week's guest on the Outer Heaven Knives Mineral Podcast is Eric Echo. You actually—I haven't contacted anybody like to do the podcast. Yeah, they, uh, fortunate enough, right now people are contacting me, and I, I want to ride that wave for as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it about? Well, I mean, what was it that interested you in the first place to, to go on the show?
1: Come closer. Well. Closer, closer. Yeah, is, it, is it really wide? What is no, it? No, it's, it's 50. It's a 50. Okay. Don't worry about
0: that. You're a photographer, so you, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. My profile, about like right here. Yeah. Um. You got a project. I like collaborating. Um, wanted to help you out. See what, see what you know. You can make of this, and um, you
0: said you wanted to help me out. Yeah, yeah. That's unique. Uh, what, what is it that you, what kind of value do you have to offer the podcast? I mean, here we are, we're live, you know, uh, what kind of value do you have to offer the podcast?
1: Um, I mean, me and you, both filmmakers, both artists. What do you know about me? Um, I know you're, I just know you're a filmmaker. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, real, real brief history. You know what I mean? What I know about you, um. I used okay. to work for I think your cousin. You guys the yes, yes, Silver.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: used to work with them, and um, cool. I had w- seen some of your work. I had uh-huh. edited some of your work. And okay, you, so You get to sweet. know somebody uh-huh. when you edit their material, mm-hmm. and um, I did this one thing for Valley Native. It was for Bikerfest. Oh, the biker, yes. And so uh um, yeah. and I could tell who I could tell when you were behind the camera. Big time. Uh And I was like, Silver, why isn't this guy working full time here? This Uh shit is bananas. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Eh, you know, he's just kind of, anytime I need him, I'll I'll call him. And I'm like, this guy should be your full time guy because I I got to cut your material and um, that video, all the best shots are. I I know that you were behind the camera and there was a a presence, there was a sense behind it. So that was my first impression of you. I had seen you, uh, I had seen your work uh, when somebody told me Eric Echo. And I was like, that sounds vaguely familiar. Let me look at this guy up. We were already friends on Facebook. I was like, what? Yeah. How did that happen? And then my girlfriend was a PA at a, yeah, a student yeah, I had film it. in UTPA. Mm-hmm. And she told me about you and that you acted. And I was like, okay, so this guy is a photographer. He's a filmmaker. He's an actor. This guy does many different things. I was like, this guy's really interesting. You are someone that eventually I would have had on the podcast for sure. Um, I was fortunate enough that you reached out and you wanted to be on this. Um, I look at that kind of like, okay, I got to be doing something right if people look at this as some sort of platform for themselves anyways. Um, so tell me more about, uh, you know, what your whole deal is. Uh, how old are you?
1: Um, 24. 24. You're still pretty mm-hmm. young. You going to yeah. school? I uh, just graduated, actually. Oh, that's great. Well, what did you, uh, what was My your film. major? Film? Yeah. Theater. Well, technically. Bachelor's? Theater. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. H- how was the, the institution? Um. The... For me, it was more about collaboration and connections more than technical because, I mean, you can learn anything yourself, really. Mm-hmm. The, the internet has everything.
0: How, how, how was the institution, how was college for connections and people?
1: It was great. It, it got you out of your shell. I, at first, I was very nervous. I didn't, I didn't know anybody and um, they forced you to sort of, you know, get in there and collaborate with people that you don't know. And it was good, you know. He made a lot of friends, and I'm I'm still working with him today, and I'm glad, you know. I made those connections, and
0: I, I see sometimes online that um, you go out of town. Yeah, you know people out there.
1: Yeah. Um, recently, I went to Austin and shot this music video uh, for this band Telenovela. Mm-hmm. They're actually coming down here pretty soon, uh, and September. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. And I'm, t- I'm talking to the promoter, I forgot your name, but <laughs> I want to play with them. Um, You're but I, I sh- as well? Yeah, yeah. What do you play? Um, I sing, I play guitar, drums, whatever. Really? Yeah. Um, but mostly sing, that's, that's probably what I'm better at performing. I, I can't really you know, play guitar. It's your, perform. you
0: know, you have your hand in many different cookie jars, which is pretty cool. Um, I've always envied those types of people, I'll be honest. I have a friend who's a master guitar. Mm -hmm. Guitarist, you know, shout out to Guillen. This guy, I met him when we were freshmen, and I was just completely intimidated by him, enamored, you know, got all the girls' attention, all that stuff. (laughs) The best part is, you know, if you're a photographer or a filmmaker, you know, I tell people I'm a filmmaker. They have to like buy my movie or go online to watch it. It takes a long time to impress somebody. But if you're a guitarist, you can literally panhandle outside and make money <laughs> and you can impress people, you know, because you're the instrument. And yeah, I, I've can. always liked that. Um, out of all these different hats that you wear, which one would you say primarily is your identity if you had to pick one?
1: Identity? That, that's hard. That's something we're all still trying to figure out. You you're know? still working through that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started off as a skateboarder. And then I got into film. I didn't
0: want to presume. I have seen your your skateboarding photography. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 But I didn't want to uh, uh, assume that you actually did a skateboarding stuff too.
1: Yeah, well, that that's how I got into film. Actually, mm. um, you know, as a skateboarder, you want to watch and see as much as you can. So, is that you want... your
0: favorite hat to wear?
1: Um, <laughs> as I'm getting older and I'm not skating as much. You know, it's it's slowly drifting away, but I still go back every now and then to to shoot my friends because now they're they're blowing up, and I want to support them and, and get photos out for them and stuff. But uh, physically, not really, but emotionally, spiritually, yeah. Okay. I love skateboarding. Did that, you? That is my that is my like it takes its my toll roots. Skateboarding. Uh, yeah, yeah, but how, do, how does a Rodney
0: Mullen? Uh, this guy's like what forty now? How does he still do this?
1: It it's timeless. It's it's something that keeps you young forever Mm. skateboarding it's awesome Mm. um but if you don't do it for a while you know your body forgets but your mind still thinks you can do it Mm -hmm. and every time i go out like yeah i can still do these tricks and stuff and then you know the next couple days i'm like oh fuck like Mm -hmm. my body didn't remember (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um that's how i got that's how i got into film watching all those skate videos i got one of those cameras with the fisheye lens Mm -hmm. and um Started making my own little short films with my friends and our skateboarding. And then uh, I was like, you know what, I'll I'll study film. I really love doing it. I think I'm good at it, so why not? And got into doing short films, which started off as class projects. I had never done a short film until they required us to do it. And I was like, you know, I'm pretty good at telling stories and, you know, um, putting out messages. So why not just keep doing it? And um, that was just another medium, you know. As an artist, I'm sure you know, we see things as mediums, you know. You just put it out—music, film, photography, whatever. It's a medium. You tell a story, mm-hmm. and um, that's how I feel about it.
0: Uh, growing up, you grew up here in the valley, mm-hmm. born and raised for the most part. Yeah. Do you have older siblings? Yeah, they're all they're all older. Are you the youngest?
1: I'm the only child of my parents, okay. and then. Both of my parents have other kids, and I grew up with them.
0: Okay, like half-brother, half yeah. half-sister? Yeah. half-brothers, half-sisters. Okay. You grew up, were you close with them?
1: Yes, very close with them.
0: Did they, were any of them... Um, Musically, film, no. Mm-mm. No, but did they ever pass down any gems? You know, like, here's a Pink Floyd album, here's something like this. Like, did you ever... My you father, my them?
1: father was the biggest influence.
0: Okay, tell me more about him.
1: Um, when I was a kid driving in the car, he'd play all the classic 70s oldies stuff, the Beatles, Hendrix, uh, Led Zeppelin, and got me into all of that. And I remember this one instance where we were in San Antonio, I was like, maybe like seven years old, and we're at Sam Goody. Do you remember Sam Goody?
0: Yeah, I had my first kiss at a Sam Goody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I had these two CDs. I had a Led Zeppelin greatest hits and I had a Van Halen CD in my hand and I was like, dad, which one should I get? And He was like, get the Led Zeppelin CD. Hmm. And from then on That's the right answer. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So I got the Led Zeppelin and I got the fucking tattoo after that. What's what is that tattoo I recognized? This is um the singer symbol on the fourth album. Mm-hmm. They all all the mm-hmm. members have a symbol and mm-hmm. this is the singer symbol. Oh wow. And um I got into music very late, uh, musically, uh, instrumentally, I got into music very late, but I was a huge music fan from the very beginning, um, but when I was about 21, I met this band, and they were instrumental, but... You met, you met this band? Yeah. Who were yeah. they called? Uh, the Pepper and Moss. Okay. And I met them at this place called Al Basha. Mm. It's on... Uh, Is this in Nevada? valley? It was, it kind of went out of business, and they, the building got demolished, and they put up some fucking offices and shit, but they're this great instrumental band, very psychedelic, very vintage 70s, and a friend invited me to go watch them, and I saw them, and I hung out with them afterwards, and I was like, man, you guys, like, your music's fucking awesome, you know? And they're like, oh, we're looking for a singer. I was like, "Oh well, you know, I have songs written, but I've never sung before. I've never sung in public or never sung for anybody, really. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can sing." And uh, we hung out the whole night. We went back to their place, and um, they wanted me to sing for them. So I sang, and they dug it. And they were like, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't be our singer. And uh, we got a couple shows coming up. We should do it." I was like, "All right, you know, I'll take a risk. Let's do it." And uh, it worked out, and we did really great. And I kind of got my jump start into music from then.
0: When you were a kid, what what, what kind of the what kind of things did you dream about? Um, you know, like my son. <laughs> I have a ten year old son. He yeah. he wants to be a wrestler right now. Yeah, that's, that's what he's into. That's what he's been into for a long time. You know, so he looks at like push ups and doing squats as like little challenges. And who knows what he's gonna want to do ten years from now? Who knows when he's twenty? It might change a hundred times. But um, when when you were ten, when you were eight, that age, you know. Um, what were some of the things that, you know, who were your heroes, if you had any, and what were some things that, you know, started off as a fantasy that you wanted to bring to life when you grew up?
1: Well, I loved wrestling, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, like Goldberg and mm-hmm. Diamond Dallas Page.
0: My cousin actually has a Goldberg, the the Goldberg tribal. Oh, tattoo. shit. Yeah, he loves him.
1: Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid, man, I loved that shit. I would play that, play, I forgot what game it was, but it was on the N64. And, no Mercy? And probably, probably, yeah. and it had the little the stuffed animal and you'd fucking bend his arm and he'd fucking be like, ouch, and you fucking pin him down yeah. and the referee would call out or something like that. But yeah, the Hulk and Goldberg and Dominos Page and uh, what's his name, uh, Rey Mysterio. That was probably my favorite. You look Love. like a
0: big Sting guy.
1: Sting? Sure. Like the
0: musician? No, the wrestler Sting. He came Sting. out like in crow crow makeup.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, 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 kind of yeah. like um, the Undertaker. Sort of. They almost like the same kind of makeup. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um,
0: but Rey Mysterio, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. He's still going. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh nice. There's this wrestling promotion called Lucha Underground on Robert Rodriguez's El Rey Network. Mm. They have all the episodes on YouTube. Um, and he just started injuries. working there. So this guy, this has like nine knee surgeries on each knee. Like he's, it's mad, you know, Damn. but he's very inspiring. Um, so like as a kid, wrestling was kind of like your thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, for a while, um, <laughs> I went through a little rap phase when I was younger.
0: You bet you've gone through a lot of, you know, different mediums. Yeah, I mean, we all try and. I, I always project and I assume that, like you know, the, if I talk to an actor, uh, usually that was their thing very early on, or they wanted to be a mime or something in that field, yeah. you know, and or like a stand up. They associated with stand up comedy yeah. kind of right out the gate. You know, you're very, you're like a chameleon. You know, you kind of are into many different things.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all trying to find our identity, and I feel like I want to just throw it out and. Whichever one takes the bait. So uh, how, how,
0: did, how did you fall into filmmaking? You started recording, skateboarding, skateboarding, you started editing yourself. Yes. And how did you take that to like a story format, you know, because that's completely different.
1: I decided to study it in school. Uh, my father, who is a civil engineer, successful civil engineer. What does he do precisely? Um, fabrication. He has his own business. He's oh, involved. that's legit. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of him. He came from practically nothing. and um, Mexican? Yes. Your yes. mom's Mexican too? Um, yeah, but like Spanish, Spaniard. Okay. Mexican. Sure. Um, but my dad came from like, oh man, like 16 brothers and sisters. Brutal. So he had to make a name for himself mm. and went out and studied his ass off and work his... his First generation off. American? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. No. Maybe like second or third. Okay. But he worked as a civil engineer, went to school, married very young, He had kids very young, so, you know, he struggled a lot and um, started his own business and he's very successful now. So he wanted me to become an engineer too and I studied that for a bit, but the more... I studied it the more anxiety I got because... Mm. Kind I of in
0: over your head sort of thing? Not, not so
1: much. I, I was very good at math. Okay. I hated it, but I was good at it. But I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker mm. because I had done so much of it in my skateboarding and I loved to do it. And I knew I would see myself in the future sitting at my desk saying, why didn't I follow my dreams? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to break it to him. I clicked at I want to be a filmmaker. I I I can't I can't do this I, as much as I respect you and How love you, you. This is my freshman year in college. Okay, so like 19 maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. 19. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't do it. It was like half halfway into the semester. <laughs> I was like oh, wow. backing out. Know, I was like, "Dad, I can't do this." Like How did he take it? He he's a very open, accepting person, so he was like, "Okay, son, you know, this is what you want to do, and I support you. He supported. He has supported me through everything.
0: And what does he? What does he think now that you've graduated?
1: He's very proud. That's great. And you know, every 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 parent should be proud. Does he him. watch
0: your stuff? Should be, not always. But does he watch your stuff?
1: Watch my stuff. Sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah yeah. Even the most uncomfortable things to watch. Like what? <laughs> um, I uh, won best film at this um, DCFI. How long has that been around? Uh, for about two years. It's still very new, right? Two years, yes. Okay, yeah. cool. So I won the very first one, and it was a film about this heroin addicted couple who overdose and go to like this utopia heaven together. But you know, you don't want to show your parents sort of drug, you know, influenced stuff. So mm-hmm. what they think of it? Um, he, he was impressed, you know, because... You directed it? it? Yeah, I That's directed cool. it, shot it, edited everything, produced cool. it. That's the only way. Uh, yeah, yeah, indie filmmaking, yeah. Um, you know, how it goes. Did
0: you ever see the movie Candy with Heath Ledger?
1: Yes. Candy. Okay,
0: yeah, I think that one, he plays like a, maybe crystal meth addict, I think. Yeah. And, uh... It's, I think it's heroin. heroin. Yeah, I think it was yeah. heroin, and, and uh, I forgot the, the actress. I can't remember her name. She came out in Sucker Punch. Um... I don't know if you maybe were influenced by other drug movies.
1: Um, I had seen I had seen a little bit of that when I was like in high school, but I don't I don't remember too much of it. But Requiem for a Dream was mm-hmm. something that was like an underlying influence. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like directly influenced like oh I'm gonna do redo the scene or anything like that. How old were you when you saw that movie? Oh man. I saw it at my friend Lucy's house. I must have been 18 maybe 17 Mm -hmm. but it was the most depressing film i would ever seen in my life what was impressive about it depressing oh Oh. depressing depressing oh yeah no it's
0: my favorite horror movie
1: yeah yeah for sure so in college one of our first projects was to make a uh, dramatic film and I was like what's the most dramatic thing I've ever seen and I thought of um um, Rec room for a dream I was like how can I do my own version of uh, addiction and stuff like that so I did that in and incorporated love kind of like Rec room for a dream um, but with my own sort of ending because that was way too depressing
0: so. I remember hearing the audio commentary because um Reckon for a dream, Darren Aronofsky based it off of a book, the book, right? Okay. And uh, he talked to the screenwriter. I mean so he talked to the, the author of the book went, during like the screenwriting process and they were saying like, you know, in the movie, spoiler alert, you know, Jared Leto gets his arm amputated and it's brutal and, and, and it's not a happy ending, you know, it's terrible for everybody in that movie. It's like four stories. And I guess the director was kind of like, man, shouldn't there be, like, what do we, like, it'd probably be better if these guys died. Don't you think? Like, this is too bleak, this is too depressing. And the writer was like, no, 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 they have to live. Like, because they have, they have to suffer more. Like, that's, that's life. Like, that's the reality of it. And I remember, I'll never forget that. Like, they have to suffer more. And that's what makes that movie so horrifying, you know, because they, life goes on, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's terrible, it's awful, brutal movie. It stuck with me for a long time. Did you ever see the movie Spun? Yes. That's one of my favorite uh, drug movies, too. I went through a big. Um, drug movies were like my bag growing up. I don't know why. They're, they were just inherently cinematic. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, like a Pulp Fiction, a Train Spotting, mm-hmm. um, Spun, Requiem for a Dream. Um, they're so impressive. Like, visually, there's a lot you can do there. You know what I mean? Um, what are some of your favorite films?
1: Oh, man. Um. Probably one of the most profound films have been Stanley Kubrick and Richard Linklater films. Mm-hmm. Those like Clockwork Orange, Waking Life.
0: I love Waking Life. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever.
1: I'm, I actually um, worked with his daughter recently. Oh, what's her name? Lorelai. Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. We, Is she sh- acting?
1: Um, yeah, she's been doing a lot of acting recently. Is that in the capacity in which you work with her? Yes, yes. Um, that band that's coming down recently or soon, uh, Telenovela. They um, live in Austin, and I shot helped shoot a music video with uh, my friend Vanessa. Thank you very much, and uh, Daniel Everett. I think that was his name, Daniel Everett. He was a DP, and we shot their music video and. Lorelei I think, was one of the leads. She was one of the lead actresses, and Richard Linklater came by and you know was you know hanging out for a bit on set, and um, it was really fun. You know, they're really cool people. She's in the
0: Waking Life in the beginning. She is. Yeah, I don't, do you remember the? Uh, it's the opening scene. Where they're playing like that little paper. Oh thing. shit! She's, that's her. She's a little girl. What know. the fuck? I don't remember. She says, that. "Dream is destiny." Yeah, yeah. I, I love. It. I get. Cell oh my god!
1: Around. I don't remember that. Yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, man.
0: Um, what are the films from Linklater? Like you know, do they're uh, profound?
1: Scanner, Scanner, Darkly. So you love
0: the whole rotoscoping.
1: Yeah, where it's you don't really need a a linear story, it's more of the content and the message that's important, mm. and that's, that's what I like, you know, because I like to inform the audience mm. and bring them out of their, their normal scope of, of reality and just sort of inform them and bring them to another, you know, way of thinking. What
0: are some other works of art that have informed you that that weren't just entertainment that kind of had a message? You know, even if it was subliminal. I
1: don't know. I mean, sometimes you're in love with this person and you see a part of yourself that you've never seen before. Or you take some time for yourself and, you know, you're sitting out at the beach or you're sitting out in your backyard and you have a little bit of self-reflection and revelation.
0: What was your most recent revelation? Oh, man. You seem like you're, you know, a very ponderous person, kind of thinking about bigger pictures, very introspective. Do you
1: meditate? I have. um, I had this one girlfriend who got me into that. uh, But it it was kind of hard for me to sort of silence my thoughts and and vibe on, you know, one... Central idea or energy. It was very hard for me, but tried it. Meditation didn't really work, but playing music is sort of my form of meditation, because mm. I focus on what I'm playing, and I I zone out, and I I get into this realm of just infinity. Everything's possible, and do you do a lot of drugs? I've, I've experimented what are like what
0: with what mushrooms LSD yeah yeah things I mean, more psychotropic yeah yeah
1: exactly yeah entheogens and stuff what, like what's that, that? I've never heard of that um, spiritual things peyote have you ever done peyote um, <laughs> I might have to keep this PG for my for my family because I know they're gonna okay. find this
0: are they do they, go, do they, they, they probably you? will. They okay. probably will. Find okay. It. So, but no, you completing the fifth there? I
1: I've, I've experimented plenty. It's a tunnel
0: that is always fascinating me, fascinating to me to go down. But know? it
1: it all, it all comes to the same conclusion that you are the maker of your own life mm-hmm. and
0: it's your responsibility. Yes. You're yes, the cause it's of your very own Very existential. Suffering.
1: Yeah, yeah sure. And you create your own reality and... It, could, could you walk
0: me through a, you know, time you, you know, took something organic uh-huh. and and you, you came out on the other side more self-aware or something of that sort? Could you walk me through a trip maybe?
1: Um,
0: a trip down memory lane, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Sometimes it's a lot more visual than it is spoken. But, you know... In those times your filters are sort of released and lowered and you're able to intake more of your surroundings and life and reality. And you don't take it in a sort of in a funnel where it's just survival, you know. You you're able to appreciate the little things and the details and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realize that, you know, you're more important than what's than everything else that's going on, you need to put yourself first and how you're feeling, than the external um, <laughs> pressure mm-hmm. and all that. Because we all get, you know, we all get stressed out and by what's what's given to us, and we don't take the time to think about ourselves and what we want. But in those times, you know, you focus on that and you realize that's what's more important and that's sort of what I've been living by.
0: You know, uh, I I actually have drug free tattooed on my knuckles and I was living in Austin for nine months, uh, 2012, 2013, and I was living with these drug dealers at the time and they brought in, they're like four black dudes, but they were really cool, and they pretty much just like grew their own weed, you know, like hydro, stuff like that, and it was like an education to me because I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really grow up with that or anything, and, one of these guys' cousins came out of town whatever and brought LSD and I said you know what and he kind of offered it to me and I said oh man like that's a big one um uh, I've always wanted to do it specifically because you know when I realized I wanted to be a filmmaker you know it involved a lot of uh, history and a lot of education and I you know you find different people that become your people and you know you see their backstory I've read a lot of biographies and and sometimes and I'm not trying to glamorize this or romanticize you know uh hallucinogens but I was like yeah well what if it can make me a better artist like what if it can make me a better person what's the worst that can happen you know what I was it was at a very tough time in my life no excuses I've had this conversation with my mother and I took it and I was kind of like eh. it was probably a dud and then all of a sudden I took a shower and I got out of the shower and I was like oh shit like I what is happening and it it became like this, and, and I know you said it was more visual for you. For me, it was definitely like a, a, a it, instead of a dialogue in my brain, it became a monologue. And it was, I, I my ego dissolved. And that was very enlightening to say, whoa, all this shit that gives me an anxiety and stress and all the things that, you know, are a pain in the ass, like, I manifest that. I let that in. I invite it, and I bring it in here, and I water it, and it becomes weeds in my brain. That like I have to yank out. And I was like, whoa! And it was very introspective, man. And that's really what I got out of it was I'm the cause of my own suffering. You know, my ego gets in the way. Um, suffering comes from I. It comes from me. It comes from you know yourself. And if you're in a state of grace where you're just giving and you're contributing, uh, you can't really suffer. It's like an oxygen-rich environment. It's like a perfect pH level. You can't suffer in that state. And I only took it that one time, and I'm fortunate that it worked out for me. I remember I lived on this place called, called Riverside Drive, and there was like KFC Subway. Like It was just a big corporation, like strip. It was disgusting. And I walked down it like at 3 in the morning, and I'm like in the, the peak of the trip. And I find myself in a gas station and I'm like, what am I doing here? (laughs) I was basically looking for somebody. It was dumb, right? And this gas station clerk, I think, could tell I was on something and was like, "Um, can I help you, sir? And I was like, yeah, I'll take a Pepsi. Like, I don't know, I was like, I can't just be here because I was like, isn't this weird, whatever. I didn't like see unicorns or something crazy like that. But I walk out with this Pepsi and I'm walking back to my apartment and, and I'm seeing the Pepsi logo and I realize, Man, this thing had my money before I bought it. Like, this thing, I, I don't even, like, it's it's toxic sludge. It's sugar water. I don't even want this thing. Like, the label, we, have like, associated decadence to the label, to the colors, to the brand. But I was like, this, you know, and it took me to this whole other trip of, like, man, everything's being sold to you. And and you think you have a choice between Coke and Pepsi, but that's not a fucking choice. You know what I mean? And all this crap. And
1: dude, we need to put the camera on you, man. No, this, no, this no. Is some great no, share. no,
0: no. But I, I re- I'm, I'm only sharing this because uh, you know I want you to trust me because uh, I I don't want you to to get into some hot water with your family or anything. But I don't think it's anything to be ashamed about. You know, like exploring yourselves. Uh, and you know, I did that when I was like 25 years old. You're 24, uh, so I think that you know your early twenties, your youth, you have to check how far like your elasticity can go, like your soul your body, whatever that is. Um, you know, what was the deepest thing in any sort of trip you've ever been where you had that some sort of aha moment and how have you taken that with you to your life today and have you ever incorporated that to your art?
1: Well, um, I had this one trip where I sort of, I was a very evangelical Christian was yes, very okay Very uh, straight edge, didn't mm-hmm. curse, didn't do anything. I would condemn my friends for smoking cigarettes and mm-hmm. break them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a trip and it felt like the floodgates opened and my own personality and myself was released and I didn't have to live by these 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 barriers or these laws, these these moral laws or mm-hmm. anything. And I I could create my own philosophy, my own religion and stuff like that. So after that, I sort of broke through everything and I told my parents, like, look, I, I don't want to be this anymore. I can't, I can't live by this, you know, this restrictions and, and sort of created my own philosophy and reality. And, you know, event subconsciously you incorporate it into your art and whatever you do, you know? Um, but how did they take that because I'm assuming um you it's a different generation so of course they're gonna gonna be I'm assuming
0: they were evangelical or maybe still are Christians or was that your my my
1: father was a bit more loose my mom was a bit more tight and um I was living with my father at the time so he, he was a little okay with it but um you know I mean he's he's supported me through everything and you
0: seem like you're doing all right Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For now, I think you're gonna be okay. Uh, Do you have a day
1: job? Yeah. Well, I do. uh, I do gigs, weddings, stuff like that. Oh, like videography. Yeah, yeah, videography. That's cool. How how does that work out for you? It's good. It's good. Um, Except for the editing, I hate. I hate editing. Why not? (laughs) It's. Well, if it's not my footage. Um, it's a drag.
0: You mean like Photoshop or video
1: editing? Um, video. video. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Video editing. Um, I've been doing that for weddings for a bit now. Um, but I still help silver and do other things. Sometimes I'll like teach, um, lessons and stuff like that. You know, whatever, just little gigs and and play music and, oh, and cool. do shows and stuff.
0: Well, where are you living right now? I know you said McAllen, but mm-hmm. still, still with dad?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's like my best friend, really. We really? hang out. We watch fights. We drink beers. And oh, how fun! You know, I never had that. He, he's got a very young soul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like him. He's the guy that introduced you to Zapp.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot more than that, but um, but yeah, he's like my best friend. He's uh, he's very young at heart, but he's got a. You know, a strong personality
0: so one of the big re- recurring themes of this podcast I've noticed um, you and everybody else that I've talked to so far have said you know they were doing something that they didn't love whether that was being a fry cook whether that was going to school for a degree that they didn't love being a teacher whatever it was and they realized I have to do something that I love mm-hmm. and I think that is something I don't take for granted but it seems like with artists um, more often than not We're asked to conform, and then we realize that's not me. Um, What has your... I mean, that's been one of the recurring themes. Another one has been, you know, with the RGV, the current state of the arts. It's Uh growing. I've seen it grow in the past year, probably more so than I ever have, back, Mm -hmm. you know, since, like, the glory days of early 2000s, maybe. Um, Where do you fit with the scene? Do you have, like, your own group of people? Um, What is, you know... What is that? Is is there a collaboration? What is that like? Uh, do you guys grow together? Is it kind of just everybody's just an independent party? What has your experience been like? You know, the more exposure you get with the Rio Grande Valley, the more feedback you get as well. What has that been like for you?
1: I will answer that. I actually need to go to the restroom really bad. Okay, cool.
0: So we'll <laughs> where we left off was the current state of the RGV when it comes to the arts and when it comes to you know, my girlfriend has always told me you have to find your people. Mm-hmm. And that's been hard for me. Um, You know, personally speaking, I looked for a long time for what what I refer to as the godfather, you know. If you've ever seen the movie, you know, uh, Don Corleone, Brian Lebrando. in part two, they do a flashback, it's Robert De Niro. He was the godfather, you know, not just for his relatives, but for people in his apartment, you know. If somebody needed a job, if somebody needed a loaf of bread, he'd hook him up, you know. And it was kind of like a, I'll take care of you sort of thing. I was looking for that person. I wanted to be an, an apprentice for that person, you know. And um, it was actually after working with Valley Native, I realized it's got to be me. Like, I got to be the change that I want to see. I got to be my own boss. Um, You know, I would talk about people like, hey, you guys should do a podcast. And then after a while, I was like, no one wants, I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? That's how I started, you know, um, doing everything that I wanted to do, see things that I wanted to see. I was waiting for one person that was doing it. I was trying to find the godfather, and I realized I had to become that or at least perform those actions anyway. And that's been my experience. Down here, what has your expectations been like? What has your experience been like? And how does it affect you or or not?
1: What you said was very true. When I first got into music, the kind of things that, um the kind of style and genre that uh, me and my friends were doing was not very popular here yet. So what we had to do was create our own scene. We... You know, had reached out to promoters and stuff, but there weren't any other bands that sort of sound like us that we could fit in with. So, we reached out to venues and clubs and bars and stuff and found our own places where we could play for as long as we wanted, and would do that. And invited our friends, and those friends invited their friends, and we created a following. And that's kind of how you got to do it, if the environment doesn't allow it you got to do it yourself and in the valley it's 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 growing and it's 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 still small as far as music and um, stuff like that is so if you don't really feel like you fit in you just gotta do it yourself and make yourself fit in.
0: What's your experience has been like uh, in the filmmaking community? With music, I definitely, it feels like you found your niche, you created it yourself, you created your own following, um, and it seems like you continue to to nurture that. Um, with filmmaking, what has been your experience?
1: Filmmaking, it's very different from music, because it's not such a, an immediate reaction as music is, because when you play the music, it's you hear it and you feel it, and either you like it or you don't with film it's it's a building process it's a collaborating process you get a bunch of people who believe in your work or whatever it is to help you and you know later later on it, it comes out and you know you've got your film it's it's not so much an immediate response so film has been well for me I I'm very independent I like to I like to do the cinematography. I like to do the directing. I like to do the editing. So there's not a lot of people in my crew, but I like to help out other people and um, help their dreams come alive. And even if I don't agree with you know the style or the message or whatever, um, I like to be a part of it because I understand what they want out of it. And it's hard to find people who believe in that and want to help. And, you know, we just we just need more people who are wanting to put something out than not do anything at all.
0: It seems like, you know, in bigger cities, one could make an argument, like in the film scene anyways, that there's too much content, there's too much stuff coming out. Do you feel like in the Valley that's not the case? Where it's the adverse problem?
1: It, it depends. I mean, I might be ignorant to you know another group of people that are putting content out every day or something like that who, who are your 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 tribe well i i'm still involved with the skateboarding scene and i used to help out this this youtube channel who actually has like oh my god like hundreds of thousands of followers um, skateboarding scene yes yes that's very huge online especially youtube and um, it's a major crew, I love those guys, they're my buddies, my good friends, I, I see them very often. And I do a lot of photos for them, the skateboarding photos, those are for a lot of the major crew guys and a lot of them have um, gained a lot of success from the YouTube videos that they've done. You know, they start from nothing and as long as you keep producing and keep putting out content, you'll, you'll gain a lot of followers and, a, and uh, an audience. And I started from that, I still help them out. But as far as the short films and stuff like that down here, there's there's not really a um, a scene for it. It's not like they're putting out screenings or stuff like that where people can get together and watch them every every Thursday like a like a music show or something like that where you know you a band bands will play and do you think the
0: do you think the community would be open-minded to that as well filmmaking has a
1: lot of ego why do you think that is because it's your project it's your baby and you put it out and you want people to like it
0: is but how is skateboarding
1: different it's very accepting because everyone has their own different style and it can be all about you, but you—you you like to skateboard with other people. It's a very communal thing.
0: It's odd to me that um, I think you're right, but it's odd that in the filmmaking scene there would be that much ego when, like, who's the guy that deserves that acclaim down here? I mean, do do I not know
1: somebody? I mean, I don't know myself. I'm not asking you
0: to throw anybody under the bus, but where does this ego come from? That's that's different. Like with skateboarding, this guy he puts up or shuts up. You know, he'll show you what he can do. mm -hmm. He can have a greatest hits YouTube clip of like, here's my past five years of whatever. In the filmmaking scene, you know, where why why would anybody have that audacity? That's odd. It should be far more humbling.
1: It, It it should, but you know, we all have our our dreams and our ideas, and we put them into our films, and we we feel like they're you know important and we want a sort of reaction from them and if we don't get it then you know it's, it's sort of you know like what you know what did i do wrong who's doing it better you know what should i look for um but i just i just really haven't found the the film culture down here yet mm-hmm that's why we sort of started the DCFI Film Festival to bring more people into... When you say
0: who's we, who, who is we?
1: Um, a lot of the uh, the class of filmmakers that I uh, went to school with, um, this guy uh, Eduardo Gamba, he was the sort of founder and president of the uh, Directors Film Club Initiative mm. uh, Film Club mm-hmm. and From there, we started the DCFI Film Festival, just to... Is is that for college students specifically? The club started from college, but we made the Film Festival open to anybody. We've had international submissions, local submissions, and it doesn't really matter, we just want to bring more film content to the valley to show people that, you know, we have a voice, and if you have your own voice, you can bring it to us and we'll project it out there. And was it,
0: how, I mean, how, how is it fair? It's done about, it's done maybe two festivals?
1: Three, we've done oh, three. That's we do great. one every, um, we do two a year. We do two film festivals a year. Um, focusing on, you know, college students who are doing semesters and stuff like that. Um, but it's done pretty, pretty well. We've, you know, we have a lot of people who are working for the film festival, like they'll make films just for the film festival, mm-hmm. which is what we want, you know? We want people making more content more people writing, more people shooting, and it's, it's, it's good for young filmmakers something to make their films worth it, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of the times we we'll make them and we'll have an audience of, you know... It's a
0: very expensive
1: medium. Yeah, yeah, we'll only have a handful of our best friends watch it or our family or whatever, mm-hmm. and we want to be rewarded for it sometimes, you know, we want to we be recognized and appreciated for what we do.
0: Well, I mean, uh, when, when you say you want to be recognized, uh, I, I, I often feel significance is, is a huge component with, with artists. They want to be like, this is me, this is immortality, This is whether if you're a poet, a guitarist, a filmmaker, a skateboarder. You know, even if you're an athlete, significance is a, is, is a huge deal. It's competitive by nature. You know, they want to be champions. I mean, what are some, some goals that you have that would make you feel significant, that makes you be like, mm, I accomplished that next goal?
1: well you'll always have that one goal you want to achieve and then once you achieve that you want to achieve something greater and bigger Um, but I mean I've had a few but you're you're always striving for more you know it's 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 the never-ending cycle you know what's an example
0: of, of one goal that maybe you've already achieved well, I mean, the, getting your degree is a big deal,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did that, it was more of discipline than you know, artistry. But the the first DC5 film festival, we had um, what was his name? Uh, Valente from the George Lopez show, he was an alumni from uh, Pan Am. We had him as one of the main judges. I had submitted a couple films to the film festival just for fun. Uh, my first dramatic short and my first music video and for the award ceremony I got best music video and I was like, okay, great, this this is, you know, as far as I'm gonna get, I'm happy with this. And for the best film I was nominated and I was like, okay, you know, that's 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 nice. That's good enough for me. And there is this other film that I really liked and I thought that one was gonna win. But Valente ended up choosing mine. I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, I did. I didn't think. I didn't think I it was that great. You know, I was. It was all like a one man crew. I did it myself. It was my first dramatic film. But that was the sort of enlightening achievement. Like, hey, you know what? I can I can do something from this. You know, if if he recognizes something good in my in my material, then, you know, I think I might have something here. But. You know, and then there's music where I do I start a project with the group, and it goes really well, and then we get asked to do a, uh, a festival, and you know that's another little achievement. We're like, you know, we've got something good here. We've got this great chemistry with the band members, so let's keep doing this, and um, you know you you achieve those things, and then you set a higher goal. You set further achievements and, uh, you know, we're still, we're still grabbing for them. You know, as long as you set little goals and you achieve those, there's, there's, there's some gratification in that. Do you still
0: know. have stuff maybe lined up, you know, little short term goals for 2016 that you're aiming towards? There's just still five Just left.
1: waking up and appreciating that you're alive sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,
0: What's next for Eric Echo in, in, in film?
1: I don't know. I've I've been doing a lot of acting. Sometimes you're in a rut where you don't really have any inspiration to create some new film content. Um, I've been doing. It. I've been focusing on a lot more music because that's that's a great form of meditation for me, and I've been I've been channeling that a lot more.
0: What's next for Eric Echo the musician?
1: Well, I have I have a group right now. And we have, I think we have two or three shows lined up so far. So I want to keep, keep doing that, learn more guitar. Um, I don't know if I'm going to perform guitar, but definitely singing with the group and building off that.
0: One thing I've, I've learned, the more I meet people, the more I meet people that are more experienced than me and, and dare I say better than me, is... You know, when I was growing up, 18, 19, 20 years old, I think I was very competitive. I think I'd look at people that were better than me and I was like, whoa, like what? Like what makes them so good? But, you know, a wiser person told me that it's all relative. If you gonna look at everything on a timeline, they're just further down the timeline. They've just put in more hours or work mm-hmm. or they, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, like a, it's like from fetus to, you know, the third trimester to birth, like it's mm-hmm. just part of the timeline. Where would you say on, and film, are you on the timeline there? And, and you know where you want to go in a, in a few years or something like that, you know. For some people that I've talked to, they want an Academy Award, you know. For some people that I talk to, they, they want to be in the Cannes Film Festival or something like that. They have these little carrots that they're chasing after. Where are you on the timeline and, and where do you want to go?
1: I mean, it, 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 it's all relative to yourself. It might be different for you, the way you see me, but... I, I still feel like I'm. I'm. I'm still in the fetus. It's better to feel like you know nothing than to know to feel like you know everything.
0: Do you feel that way with
1: uh, the other mediums? Yeah, definitely because yeah. I still feel like I'm a terrible singer.
0: <laughs> Do you get that feedback? It,
1: it depends. on Is that on the you person. being humble? I mean, I feel like I know that I'm still a terrible singer. Has anybody ever told you that? Oh, definitely, you know. They say, dude, but, what
0: was that? You suck. Something like that?
1: Yeah, and it's better, to, it's better to recognize that than to recognize that you know everything and that you're this oh, yeah. incredible performer or singer or whatever, so that you can build and, and want to learn more and to you know, practice more and to be a better singer.
0: What are some states of mind that you value? In specific terms,
1: um, that you don't really know everything yet. What do you what What would you call that? That feeling. I mean, you you can say that you're humble. Okay. But the feeling
0: of humility, the feeling the feeling yeah, of yeah, of definitely. being humble, of being um, you know, uh, great, gracious. Uh huh. That's a big one.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are
0: some other states of mind that you really value? Like to the point where you, you think about that, you know, you have an old man, and uh, he's probably instilled in you some things that you take very seriously. And one of these days, far down the timeline, you're, you, maybe you decide to have kids if you want, and you're probably going to instill those values into this child. And the, the mate that you that you feel that you deem worthy enough to, to be the vessel of your child, your girlfriend, your wife, whomever, um, you want your values to be aligned as well if you guys want to go as far as you can. Um, what are what are some other values that you really take seriously that, that mean a lot to you that are make or break that you that you take with you wherever you go
1: one thing that I would instill on someone else is that because you are alive and you're breathing and you can make choices you should be able to help one another help your brother and sister realize that that they are important and they can, make their own choices and be someone important to someone else and you know we all we all have this this underlying artistry and importance and um, individuality that, uh, that some people don't even realize or know and you need to channel it and wake it up and not be afraid to be yourself or different or an individual and go off and, 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 and do those things that, uh, that you feel that you can do.
0: Well, well but sure, of course, and I totally agree. But what are, what's a, you mean, um, I feel like maybe we're probably not on the same page in terms of like what a value is and like what it could be to you. You know, for some people, it's adventure. They really, they really value adventure. For another, they value security. So those two people are going to make different decisions based on those values. You know, um, I think discovery. Just from talking to you, it sounds like it's a big one for you. You 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 want to go deeper. You want to know more. You know, um, I think you fancy yourself more as a student than a teacher. You know, um, I I think you're aware of the the areas of opportunity that you have to to grow. Um, as a photographer, as a filmmaker, as an editor, as a singer, as a musician, you want to grow, you want to grow. That way you have more to contribute, to live behind. Um, I, I think those are big things, right? Um, when you are when you look for a, a, a girl or a dude, whatever you're into, what are some things that you're like, hmm, I'm really turned on about that person because they they, ex- they extrude that, you know, that thing that, like, I really value and care about in life, you know what I
1: mean? Um, I mean, someone who... Knows who they are, know, knows where they're going, and someone that that can teach some something to someone else. That's got a lot of um, value in themselves, um, but at the same time, I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to see where I'm going. I'm I'm throwing my my reel out in different ponds and 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 seeing where which one takes the bait.
0: I think that's a beautiful place where you're at. You know, um, I kind of felt. Uh, that I'm definitely projecting a lot, and I'm sorry if I am, it's, it's because um, that was definitely me for 16 years, from like right out the womb to 16. I was like, I don't know who my people are. I don't even know what I want to do. I was kind of aimless, lost, um, until I realized, oh, I'm a filmmaker. That makes a lot of sense. That explains why I blah, 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 blah. And with that came a burden, and it also came like kind of like instructions of like okay you have a long road ahead so you need to educate yourself you need to read these books you need to see over ten thousand films and all this other stuff so i could feel like i could hang and be one of the boys that was very important to me so i i kind of i i knew what the road was ahead and i traveled down that road i still travel down that road and it's it's been fun and i've met a lot of interesting people along the way i've Achieve some goals, and, and uh, after that, it was kind of like, is this all there is? What's next for me? And I had to create new goals. And uh, one thing that's, that's really turned me on lately, uh, and this is very personal, when I was 16, which was 12 years ago, um, 2004, filmmaker, like nobody was calling themselves a filmmaker. So it was a big deal. That word had meaning. And uh, I don't want to go on a trip or anything right now but I'm very passionate about this um, now everybody's a filmmaker and that word has lost its meaning like 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 the commercialization of the word love like it doesn't mean as much as it used to and I value that you know I've made four feature films myself you know I've done some shorts I just did like my first short this year and it was fun and I love it and I don't think I'm a master by any means um, I'm the big I'm the harshest critic of my work um, but it's kind of like, okay, I, I, for a long time, I was an aspiring filmmaker, and that just ate me alive, you know? Um, four years ago, almost to the day, I released my first film, and finally, I felt like I'd arrived. I no longer have to carry the burden of, like, an aspiring filmmaker, you know? Um, now, a big thing that really turns me on is, is the spirit of the, of the entrepreneur. I really like that, because just like how in 2004, filmmaking, the word filmmaker had some sort of regalness to it. There was some um, something powerful about it. Um, now I feel like it's been watered down, it's been neutered. Everybody calls themselves a filmmaker now and it really hurts. Um, and I'm fine with the technology being accessible. I'm fine with somebody buying a GoPro and then they, go, they do that and they do something new with it. That's great, they are a filmmaker, you know? They are the dreamers of the dream, they are the music makers and I appreciate that. Um, but there's something different about um, it's like being a whale in a teardrop, as opposed to a, a big fish in a small pond. An entrepreneur, you know. And I like the idea of they're controlling the conversation. They're controlling the nature of business. I'll give you an example. Uh, I don't know if you're a big summer blockbuster movie guy, but like Suicide Squad just came out and it bombed. You know, the the critics shat all over it. People couldn't. People hated it before it came out. People hated it when Jared Leto came out as the Joker. Right? It's the first picture they hated it. But it made a fuckload of money, and I appreciate that. And I think it did good business, and I think it's fine. Um, I love how Warner Brothers, that company and the psychology behind that, are the ones that are controlling the conversation and are controlling what people intake, and and are without even knowing it, planting seeds for the future new crop of filmmakers. And I love that. And that that is the studio, not just the director David Ayer, who who made the movie. But, like, the filmmaker is, like, we're like people are taking the power away, you know. But the entrepreneur, the businessman, like, they're the ones that actually are leaving behind a legacy. And if you're, like, a, if you're a, a Stanley Kubrick or if you're a Steven Spielberg, now you can produce other people's films. So if somebody says, you know, Quentin Tarantino presents, you're like, oh, I care. You know what I mean? And that is something that has really interested me um, lately. Um... And so I take the word filmmaker very seriously. And I guess I just want to impart to you, you know, you seem like a jack of all trades. And I'm jealous of that because I was just, I'm just a dude that knows how to do one thing. And I, it takes me 10 years to figure out something new. You know, uh, I'm still on that process. Um, you know, you, a skateboarder, man, that, that, that is incredible. Uh, I, I see people skateboarding in Donna, you know, they go from one place to another. And I'm like, that's the best way to fucking travel. If I could do that, that's the way I would do it. Um, I I know this photographer and Donna um, who takes beautiful stills of of skateboarders and and he makes me appreciate that subculture even more so he's an adrenaline junkie Um, so I admire what you do and I've seen it in your work uh, you know you leave fingerprints on your work whether if you mean to or not and I knew what an Eric echo shot was before I met you you're doing something right you know Uh, in acting I haven't seen you you do that but the fact that you can do that you have big grapefruits, man. You have big balls and you're able to put on all these hats. I would love to be able to go to an open mic and, and have a conversation with the crowd. I can't do that. I'm, I'd rather film somebody else, you know what I mean? That's me. So, you know, you have your hands in a lot of jars. You're able to wear a lot of hats. You can do it all. Um, I want to know what you're really after. That's important to me. What, what are you really after, you know what I mean? Because. When you know what that is, you know. Okay, I can put all my resources there because I'm going to be getting this out of it. You know. Um, so for some people, that's a teacher. They really care about, you know, um, getting people to understand point A to point B, or they really want to educate someone, or they really want to, you know, make somebody else's dream come true. For some actors, you know, um, they're like, hey, the director tells me what to do, and I'm just a slave for them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, whoa, they they know what they're really after. You know what I mean? Um, what is it? That, that, that drives you? I know self-discovery is huge. You seem like a very chill dude. You seem very zen and down-to-earth. Um, what is something that you can't live without? Um, I want to know what you're really after as an artist.
1: Well, as an artist, you, you see these sort of um, different hobbies and stuff like that as mediums. You want to be able to tell a story through a, a different platform. So you see film and you can tell these elaborate stories with subtle messages and stuff like that and visuals and sounds and, and and editing and there's just so many ways to tell a story and through music it's it's all audio and when it's a performance it's visual and audio. So for me there's it's just a different medium, a different way to get my message out. What's your message? It, Do you know what it it depends? Okay. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's political. Sometimes it's love. Sometimes it's you know hate. It it all depends. You know your emotions vary through the day, and sometimes you write this and you mean this. You know you write a script about falling in love with someone and meeting this person. What is your
0: what what is the uh, the the message behind your musical expression? In in terms of your genre, in terms of maybe lyrical content?
1: It it depends on the song, it depends on how I'm feeling at the time. A A lot of the times we improvise our music, we'll be playing a song that we've all rehearsed and in the middle we'll leave it for improvisation. And the guitar player will go off and do a solo and the drummer will go off and the bass player will go off. And I'll improvise on lyrics and I'll probably talk about something that's been on my mind, you know, maybe a girl or or some political thing or or some social thing or, you know, just whatever I'm feeling, you know. so it, So it all varies. There's not just this one thing that I'm trying to say or that I'm after. I'm sort of like a reflection of my my environment and and it sounds like you you
0: genuinely enjoy being alive and in the moment
1: i I feel like everybody should everybody should and and a lot of people are on zombie autopilot that's kind of what i try to put out there you know it's it's okay to you know just accept it and and regurgitate how you're feeling and what you're accepting and receiving and putting out and don't be afraid to channel it and let go and let everyone see who you really are and you know if they accept it then then great if not then you know fuck them <laughs> fuck them
0: um, I I'll yeah. I'll leave it with this man um wh- how old were you when you were still in a uh, self-professed evangelical
1: Christian 15? I was yeah about 15, 16 so for
0: for so, so for someone that's listening to the podcast you know down the line years from now this is still going to be around um and there's a 15 year old eric echo out there in the making and you know exactly what that kid's feeling what do you what do you want to leave him with today and, he, and he's and he's uh you know open and he's still trying to apply his identity and he's looking for someone to tell him the right thing at his level you know and it's still it's going to evolve it's not it's not just one thing and that's the way it is You know, you know that Eric Echo very well when he was 15 years old. What would you tell that kid? Because he's out there in the valley and he's going to listen to this.
1: One important trait that I've learned to develop and that is very important is confidence. And you need to have confidence in yourself and who you believe you are and what you're doing. Or else no one will take you seriously. Or... Believe in what you're doing. If you want, if you want someone to help you out on something, a project or film or or a song or whatever, you gotta have confidence in yourself, or else they won't trust you. They won't believe in 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 what you're doing is passionate, and whoever you are and whatever you're feeling, you gotta have confidence in whatever you're doing. And
0: how did you get your
1: confidence? I, I don't know I, I don't know how to trace it it's sort of like this blending of colors you know there's you know you have one color and then you have the other color and then the middle it's just this blend and you don't really know how it starts and how it begins
0: do you remember a time when you weren't the most confident
1: <sighs> I've heard I've heard stuff from my dad telling me things you know from when I was like in first grade and at these friends who, who, who really liked me and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe I've always had it from when I was a kid. I was a real class clown. I didn't really you know care what the teachers were saying. I just wanted to make everyone laugh and have a good time. And maybe it came from that, just not, <laughs> not caring what people thought about me or caring more about mm-hmm. the other people. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Um, and I think um, if you're in tune with that as an artist, that's that's half of it, that's half the game. you know If you know I want to make the audience feel this way, or I want these skateboarders to appreciate that, how can I make them look better or in the crowd with music? I want to get people to stand up and and move, you know what I mean? Um, if you know that's what it is and, and you know and you just you don't, you're not aware of how you're executing it, but you just are, that's confidence. wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, definitely, and it, it takes a while for people to develop. But that is the most important thing, especially if you're like a film director. You need that confidence. The people need to believe in you. They need to rely on you. They need to know, okay, this is where the vision's going. If you wanna be a leader, you gotta have the confidence. And we we all wanna be leaders, especially in our own lives, you know? And especially in what we're doing and our own goals and stuff. We we wanna be the, the captain of our ship. And if you're a captain, you gotta have a crew to help you out. And the crew's got to believe in you. So, you know, you got to develop that confidence in some way or another. But.
0: I believe in you, Eric Echo. <laughs> Where can people find you online? What's your social?
1: Um, I've got Facebook, I've got Instagram, I've got a Twitter, but. Just, I don't know. That's. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit too out there for. Even my own self sometimes. If
0: I want to see your photography, where can I find it?
1: Probably my Facebook. My Facebook's probably my best place to... If find I want to see your,
0: your, your award-winning short films, where can I find it?
1: I've got a YouTube channel, too. What's it called? Eric Echo. Okay. It's, it's, it's all Eric, E-R-I-C-, Eric
0: Yes. E-R-I-C? Yes. E-R-I-C. E-R-I-C-E-C-H-O. Yes. E-R-I-C-E-C-H-O. On YouTube? Yes. And on Instagram? Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for taking time out of your day, calling my bluff. Uh, you know, we, this is very last minute. It wasn't planned, but I, I'm glad we were able to have this talk, man. How do you yeah, feel about it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I wanted to do it on my place, but, you know, i got to take you on the first date I didn't, I just, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> got to go on the See, first See, next date. time, let's let's do this. Yeah, next man.
1: time it will be my place. We'll have a couple whiskey and cokes.
0: I'll watch you have the, a few. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for taking time out of your day to, to talk to me. I really appreciate
1: it. Yeah, it was fun we <laughs> be